Welcome to the Wellsteading Podcast. This is episode 406. Today is March 11th, 2023. I'm your host, John Pugliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. You know, a couple weeks ago, in fact, I don't even know if it was a full two weeks ago, it seemed like the whole of Wall Street was running around losing their minds trying to invest in the latest artificial intelligence just because, you know, chat GPT came out with some good marketing. And it just made all these supposed wizards on Wall Street running and chasing after opportunities that don't really exist. They certainly don't exist in terms of current profitability. So think about that. Less than two weeks ago, people were just enamorated with all the opportunities in artificial intelligence. And you go back over these last, you know, six to eight weeks, we started out the year in what I've been thinking is a sucker's rally or a relief rally or a dead cat bounce or a head fake or whatever euphemism you want to call to describe it. But we've had all kinds of money pouring into the stock market, chasing things like the reopening of China and all kinds of euphoria that, you know, the recession in the United Kingdom and in the European Union, well, they weren't as bad as expected. Six weeks ago, how many of these genius pundits were telling you that the Federal Reserve was about to pause or they were already pivoting and they're going to cut rates? But poof, where'd all those dreams go? All of a sudden this week, because you got to run on a couple banks, people are losing their minds and thinking the whole system's going to collapse. We don't know exactly in specific details how things are going to work out through this orchestrated economy because we don't know exactly when and what levers they're going to pull. We know they're going to pull them. And that's how I know there isn't going to be a total meltdown. I think they want, you know, what I've talked about before, about a controlled burn of the economy. They are orchestrating a slowdown on purpose. I mean, how do you make an omelet, right? you got to break some eggs. Don't let all the scary headlines about bank failures scare you into believing that the system's about to fall apart. It's not. The system is functioning exactly the way the people that control it want it to function. Pick your favorite billionaire villain. You know, whether it's George Soros or Jeff Bezos or Elon Musk or Jamie Dimond or... Mark Zuckerberg, whoever. Do you think they're panicked right now? Or do you think they're looking for opportunities? Look at a guy like Warren Buffett. Berkshire Hathaway's is sitting on something like $125 billion in cash. You think he's worried about inflation eating into that purchasing power? Do you think he's worried about moving that money into a government treasury so that there's not a run on his bank? No. Warren Buffett nor any of these billionaires I just talked about are concerned about a financial meltdown. They're sitting there right now planning on how they're going to deploy the capital that they have to make more money in the future. How do you think they got to be wealthy? Look at Warren Buffett specifically. During 2008, when everybody was worried about the banking system and the global financial crisis, Buffett came in and bought up all the bad assets, all the things that everybody was worried about going bankrupt. He came in and bought those companies pennies on the dollar. That's exactly what's going to happen with banks right now, like SVB. I mean, think about this. 
The failure of SVB isn't because of lack of oversight or a failure of the banking system. It's an exact result of what the banking system is doing, which is raising rates. They're doing that specifically to cool down the economy. This is orchestrated. You need to learn to play the game. Someone's going to come in and buy out the assets of SVB for pennies on the dollar. We're not experiencing a financial crisis right now. We're experiencing financial opportunities. Now, I'm not jumping in yet. I'm still sitting on 90% cash because I think things are going to go lower. Look at where we are. The S&P 500 is just back to that resistance level that I talked about for you know the better part of last year. Right now, the S&P 500 is still above where it opened at the beginning of the year. We've got more than 200 points to fall just to get back to the lows of October. Now, again, I can't predict the future. I don't know if we'll get that low or lower. I don't know when the Federal Reserve is going to stop twisting the arm of the economy with higher interest rates. But I know that until they do, we are most likely going to see a decline in the stock market. But at some point, that decline will turn into an opportunity. So I want to reiterate here, these are policy decisions, and we don't know when the Fed will pivot. But we know they will. It's part of the game plan. It's how they orchestrate and direct the economy. Right? I'm not just arbitrarily using this term, orchestrate. It's what they do. It's how the system works. It's how the system is going to continue to work. And when you look at the S&P 500 right now, it doesn't look like it's come down enough. It's broken through all the major support levels. And that's why I think it is very likely at this point that it will drop down to probably those lows that we saw in October. The question from there, though, is will it go lower? I think that there's a high degree of likelihood now that it will. And that's why even back at the end of September, I used a very specific term. I talked about a tripwire. I was concerned then that a line had been crossed, that that tripwire had been pulled. And that's when I started exiting the market. And that's why to this point, some six months later, I am still sitting predominantly in cash. Because the economic events that led up to that tripwire have not improved, and in fact, they've gotten worse. The long-term moving average on the S&P 500, and by long-term, I'm talking like four years or a thousand days. There's different ways to calculate it. But generally speaking, that long-term moving average is sitting somewhere around 3,700. If we test the lows in October then that means that the S&P 500 will have to drop by more than 5% below that long-term moving average. And that also means that the S&P 500 will have pierced down below that long-term moving average twice within a six-month period. So what you're going to find if you go back and look that up, you're going to see that on the rare occasions that we even dip down that low, Whenever we breach it, whenever we breach it multiple times, and whether we breach it by 5% or more, things get really ugly quickly. That's part of that tripwire. It's not the only part of the tripwire, but it is part of the tripwire that concerned me back in late September, early October. And again, I want to remind you, 
economic conditions as well as geopolitical issues are much worse now than they were six months ago. Now remember, these are all primarily being driven by policy decisions, and the Fed and the other policymakers can change their mind tomorrow. But it looks like they are orchestrating a downturn to be exactly what they want it to be, and it will be a great buying opportunity for Warren Buffett and for other people that have cash on hand to come in and buy the dip. So that wasn't a quick and easy answer. It wasn't what most people wanted to hear, but there you have it. So if you stuck around this long, we'll come on back for future episodes. We'll see how it all works out. Until then, as always, this is John Pugliano wishing you the very best returns.